Sporting dog adventures run. That boy, run. was awesome. Everything you Good need boy. is here. here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more, and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with Dogs in the Field. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your hapless host, Jeff Fuller, Side Acres Retrievers, with my beautiful better half. He's hapless. That I am. So we wanted to talk to you today about a topic that we recently ran into, which was someone that struggled with a new puppy. And I guess the, the topic would just, just basically be to understand what your expectations need to be and not what you want them to be, would be the two different things, because puppies... They're a lot of work. They are a tremendous amount of work. I've been extra tired this fall. Um, I teach, I'm in grad school, I have a family, obviously, I help them with the business. But part of the reason I think I'm extra tired this fall is we got a new puppy this summer. Yes, we did. <laughs> she was born in May, she came in the house in July and uh, you know, going through all the things that puppies go through, you know, having to potty train them, and, you know, having the parasite or the worms or this or that. And just, we have a, grown puppy here who wants to join the show apparently so she's showing off her halloween bandana oh now we're gonna we're gonna sit in on the show i guess she's the co-host co as a matter of fact puppies this one and scarlet bell were puppies at the same time you want to talk about a handful i thought i was gonna die and i was five years younger than i am now um 24 yeah right every year but you know, I think to myself, how many more puppies do I have in me, so to speak, if you know what I mean? Like, how many more times can I go through potty training in the up, like, seven times a night and cleaning up the messes and having to, like, rearrange your schedule in your life, in your house, so that they're not messing on carpet. Or... Oh, the cost as well. There's oh. so much more. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. I had someone the other day that's that a call and... <laughs> Puppies are 2200 and he basically gave the old, every once in a while I get these calls where it's 2200 my gosh. And I'm like, listen, it's $100,000 to buy a new truck now. Uh, our dog food prices have doubled in the last year. Our vet prices have tripled in the last five years. It's like everything is going up. It's called inflation. I'm like, we're no different. And my gosh, the cost of the puppy is like the tip of the iceberg. We talked to people about our sponsor, Chirpanion Health Insurance. And one of the things Kate does is tells a story about when Memphis and Scarlet were young and the cost. When Memphis and Scarlet were young on Halloween, they were a year old, I'm going to say. He was hunting. This is actually on Halloween. And um, I'm not making this up. I went upstairs to my office at our original Soggy Acres location. Uh, so up a flight of stairs to get a checkbook. I was going to write out some bills for the business. 
my work bag was downstairs um, on the ground. I guess it shouldn't have been. And it was full. It's like chock full of all my accounting and everything else that's in it. Purse and wallet and water bottle and everything that you put in a giant work bag. In the very, very bottom is this bottle of pills. Oh, yeah. They got it out, ripped the actual plastic pill bottle to pieces, ate part of that, ate all the pills. And while they were at it, the icing on the cake, ate an envelope full of cash and checks for a cheer fundraiser. Yes. So there was that on top of it. So that I made it even more expensive. <laughs> this cash is not replaceable. We had to replace the cash. So I took Scarlett to the emergency vet an hour away here in the middle of the night um, because she was like sick right away. I put Memphis in a crate because she wasn't yet. And I thought, well, maybe Scarlett did the eating and the other one didn't. Yeah, no, they both ate it. The other one was sick while I was gone. So Scarlett was $4,500 and Memphis was $3,500, all in a 24-hour period. Never told me about this as far as the cost until um, years later, which was probably a smart move. Yeah. Well, we would have either medals on the wall behind us or we'd have pelts. So, <laughs> but yeah, puppies are a ton of work. They're a ton of money. Um, I hate to say it, this sounds horrible and morbid, but think about like, how old are you now? And how old will you be when the dog is 10? How old will you be if the dog lives to 12? Rommel made 15 and a half. And actually was still going, but it was a quality of life issue when we finally put him to sleep. How old will you be? And are you able to actually care for that pet at that point? You know, financially and physically. Absolutely. We very much, uh, I have people we're selling our third and fourth puppy too. And it's funny <laughs> because a lot of these people are coming back and saying that they want to, to pay for obedience training, which is fine. That's what I do. Makes us money. But what they tell tell me is that, you know, these pup, this puppy is so different than the last ones. They're just, oh my God, it's so naughty. And I have to tell them, I'm like, no, it actually comes down to you're old. It's it, hurts. it hurts us far more with young dogs now. I, I almost equate it to the last kid syndrome where the last kid, you're so worn out. You're like, whatever, kid. And then the older ones are always like, you never let me do that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like that with puppies. If dogs could talk. The other dogs are probably like, why did she get to do that? You would totally kick my butt for that when I was a puppy. We just, we run out of energy for it. You run out of patience and tolerance and you may even get into like a very comfortable lifestyle where you don't want to rearrange your life and things that much for a puppy. So oh, traveling. When you talk about, again, back into cost, uh, we're $30 a day for boarding. We don't even do it anymore. We were back when, when we had the other property. And I remember we went to, went to dinner with a couple and she, the wife was like, yeah, we don't mind sending the dog up here. I mean, it's, it's, it's so much cheaper than $75 a day we pay down there. And the husband stopped and he said, we pay what? And Kate and at that point, are like, we're going to go in the house. But depending on where you're at, it is incredibly expensive. If you, if you can imagine, then if you have two dogs, $60 a day, you're gone for a week. That's $420. You add on to the cost of your vacation. It's just it's very expensive. Vet bills are very high and just the time commitment and in the patience needed. You got to factor all this stuff in when you consider a puppy and also the breed of puppy. Uh, the folks that uh, uh, we were uh, dealing with lately here that uh, had to return a dog, they also said, well, she doesn't want to snuggle with us. She doesn't bond with us. And it's like, a Labrador, pe a Labrador puppy is kind of like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. They don't want to with anyone or lay and like pet them that's not what they do they want to bite things they want to eat everything they want to bite each other they want to chew your stuff up they want to go to the bathroom in the in, in your house bathroom outside 
sprint around the house. Sure, yeah. They 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 basically are these little hellions that again eventually once they're out of the puppy stage at like I don't know what year nine. Right. <laughs> we've we've heard varying uh varying numbers. At yes. least year two. Uh, that's when they, they, they start to calm down and act like Memphis right now that is still being pet while you were, uh, while we're doing this podcast. I just won't let her on my lap anymore. No, she's mad at you for that too. But no, they, you know, just all things to take into consideration. And we always like worry like, well, how much should we say or not say to people? We're not looking to talk you out of a puppy. Clearly it's what we do. And we're not looking to talk you out of the Labrador Retriever breed again, because that's what we do. But we have to be honest and we want people to you know get, know what they're getting into as far as time commitment how much energy you need financial commitment you know and if it's not the right decision for you well then it's not the right decision for you and the last thing we want is for someone to be unsuccessful with one of our pups or the pup in general you want it to be a great experience a great relationship and have it be something that is going to work for everybody involved puppy and new family all included. So that is it for this part of the show. Next up, Kate and I are going to discuss puppy prices and our dog training tip and then a great hunting tip coming up. All that and more after this. kennels can be beautiful. That's the basis on which we built DCT Kennels. We give you the opportunity to have a beautiful kennel that blends seamlessly with your home decor while providing a safe and comfortable respite for your dog. Visit dctkennels.com to see all of our custom selections and start building your dream custom doggy crate Dunza. Welcome to Boucher in Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide for them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Estamos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. Hey, welcome back to the show. So, got a phone call the other day. Gentleman wanted to know what I had in stock as far as dogs. And he didn't say, he said, what, was, what do I have in stock? And I'm like, well, as far as what? Like, what are you looking for? He's like, well, puppies, what do you have? Black, chocolate, yellow. And I'm like, well, we've got two litters that are bred and due. And pup, the, they'll, they'll be ready sometime probably. Hey, we got guys arguing behind us. They will probably be ready to go home some, some, sometime in February due in December. And then he asked Klaus, I said, $2,200. And I got $2,200, bleep, 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 bleep. What the hell is that? And I'm like, listen, truck, $100,000. I'm running an F-350 diesel. There's one in, in our in our old hometown that's about 114,000 with surcharge and all their other stuff. You look at all your different costs. We just were building another kennel. The concrete costs are almost double what they were a year ago. Yes. Per se, our costs haven't doubled, but when you do this for a living, you have to make money to fund your family, which is why as costs go up, if someone does a service, they naturally raise their costs too, because 
what whether it's business expense or personal expense that you're using the money that you make from your business everything has gone up and unfortunately if a breeder doesn't take that into consideration you're not in business very long if you bought a dog um, five ten years ago go ahead and look that breeder up see if they're still around there's probably a 70% chance likelihood that they're not we get that all the time a lot of our new clients are like oh we did look up our old breeder they don't do it anymore they don't do it anymore because you know they're losing their butt on it you know five years ago we have our uh, foster guardian program where we place our, our breeding females with people and we would give each of these families two hundred dollars towards their yearly vet bills basic vet bills so that's now 450 or 500 depending on uh is it 450 or do we have it 500? I think it's five now. We're at 500. <laughs> That's two and a half times as much we had to give. Not, and they're not getting anything else in return. That's it's for yearly shots. Reimbursement. Heart guard, land tick. Yeah. That's it. But just general annual wellness. We cover all the report costs. So, so that is now covering, that is now two and a half times more expensive. And it is going up. I know that that I know they're going to raise their price in December because they didn't want to raise it all at once and shock people. It is ridiculous how much stuff has gone up. Dog food, a pallet of dog food, which is I think 40 bags, used to cost me around $1,000. It is now about $1,900. I mean, fuel, we use fuel. We're building a kennel. My goodness, the concrete cost is double what it, used, what it was a, even a year ago. Our kennel that already has a building, it's just a build-out, is going to probably run about $60,000 just for a stick-built kennel inside of a building with a concrete pad outside and a roof over it. The costs are ridiculous as far as when you look at what it's gone up by percentage. So naturally, when you sell a product or a service, puppies, training, you have to gain price yourself. You can't ignore it. If you ignore it, you won't be doing it any longer. And we would like to keep doing this. We want to keep doing dogs until we retire. And if we didn't take that into account, then, you know, we'd literally be taking the money and a lot of my teacher's salary or whatever to try to, like, keep the business going. And then what are you doing it for? Like, we're not, you know, not wealthy. We're not, you know, making major money on this. And neither is anybody else. And our prices are pretty much competitive with everyone else who raises fine Labrador retrievers. Yes, you have a good reputation. You're yeah. doing your all of your tests <laughs> when, when you get a dog and you're going to breed them. You got to scan their hips. You got to check their eyes. You got to do genetic testing. You got to make sure you can't even breed them until they're two years old. So we have washouts. We had one female that had one litter. She got mastitis in her boobs, like four of them. It was it, she was retired. There's a lot of costs that people don't take into consideration when they look at dog breeding because all people see is that litter of ten wiggly puppies that are all healthy. That's not reality. You're always going to have costs within a litter, costs for the breeding dogs, and then just costs in general. And that is just something, again, I, I tell people, if they're like, you're too expensive, that's fine. You know, go somewhere else. We don't have a problem selling our dogs, fortunately. We've done a great job. We've got a great reputation. I think we have a fair price. But if you look at the price, you can go somewhere else. You're not going to get the service. You're not going to get the health guarantee. You're not going to get the expertise. You're not going to get the pedigree. So that is the stuff to keep in mind that goes with the price. And then when you think of it, they used to say, and I don't know who they are, that the cost of a dog was about $15,000 over its lifespan. I would be willing to bet that is now $30,000. Yeah. I mean, it is unbelievable what they cost you over, over time. So if you get a well-bred, healthy dog that's got good genetics, that is going to save you money in the long run. Yeah. 
That's the downside of doing rescues, which I did do for years. Um, I always had some purebreds and some rescues in my family. And my mom nicknamed my one dog. Rescue. <laughs> it's a really expensive rescue. Uh, my mom nicknamed my one, one of my last rescues that I did Mercedes because she's like, you could have owned a Mercedes for what you put into that dog. I spent more on that particular dog's food and medical in a month than I, way more than I spent on my own. I was sacrificing that to help that dog. And that was how it was with almost all of my rescues. So it's a trade-off. You might get a free dog, but you know, be on the understanding you could be in it for the long haul on medical and behavioral and special food and all those types of expenses. So either way you look at it, you're going to have an expense related to the dog if you own a dog. Dog ownership isn't cheap. So we're off our soapbox. That's the end of the dog tip as we talked about dog pricing. It's just a couple of hot button topics that we talked about here in the past. Next up, we are going to talk about the state of waterfall hunting in my state of Wisconsin and what you need to do to find birds. All that more coming up after this. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mac Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at MacOutdoors.com. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. We all know that unexpected accidents can happen. That's why I partner with Trupanion's Breeder Support Program to send all my puppy buyers home from Soggy Acres with an offer for Trupanion coverage. Learn more about Trupanion and sign up for their Breeder Support Program by visiting trupanion.com breeder. Be sure to tell them that Sporting Dog Adventure sent you. Hey, welcome back to the show. This is the hunting part of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. And wow. Opening weekend of our waterfall season, I was on an elk hunt. We got two elk, it was awesome. Uh, on our property, they shot 11 birds and seven birds uh, day to day. And since then, it has been tough. We shot five birds. Then this last, last weekend, we shot two birds. Didn't go out the second days on either, just because there are no birds. And the few that we had, once we bounced them around a little bit, we figured that they probably wouldn't be back. It is a rough year and it's the water. The water is just so low. I think that the birds are up, they can see there's no water and that they are sticking with larger bodies of water. I read an article about the Mississippi River that it is, I mean, it was pretty ghastly seeing these photos where there's huge sandbars that you can see in the river. And the article talked about how they're actually uh, gauges that don't register the water height because it is below what the minimum on the gauge is. So with that said, you got to scout, scout, scout even more now. It is tough. You might have to put in some work where you got to walk in. Now, a lot of the areas are drier, so you can walk, but you're going to need your waders. You're probably going to have to really work for it because we've tried a lot of different spots on the properties we have, and we've even got good water in some areas. But for whatever reason, the birds are not in their normal haunts. So you need to put your time in really, really scout and not just take it for granted that you've got a uh, 
spot that's always produced because you could go out to that spot and have barely enough water to float your decoys. It's going to be a tough year. Um, the other problem that we ran into is a lot of the local birds that we shoot at our place. Uh, we get a lot of wood ducks and a lot of blue winged teal. We had enough cold days, they all left. So we are sitting where we have low water, our local birds have left and the migration is not pushed in. Got an eye on a few places that we are going to use for our future hunts. But overall, it is going to be a little bit rougher of a year, but hey, that's how we get averages. You average, let's say 60 ducks a year, you're gonna have years that you get 120 and years that you get 10. It's just kind of how it goes and it's not shooting, it's hunting. So I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope this gives you some help and some hope because everyone's really struggling from what I hear. This is the end of our show today. I want to thank everyone for showing up and watching the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Have a great week. If you haven't, listen to the Hunting Guy podcast, which is our uh, other show. On that show, we talk about our recent uh, Wyoming big game hunt for elk. It was a fun hunt, but thank you for tuning in today's show. Have a great week and God bless. Sporting Dog Adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.